Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan Lavoy and Brooks Childress. And we are so excited today to be joined by Kyle Petty. He's got a new book coming out, Swerve or Die, Life at My Speed in the First Family of NASCAR Racing. And Kyle Petty is now joining us here today on the Plains. The time is greatly appreciated. How are you today, Kyle? I'm doing great. How are you? Very well. Thank you for asking. Look, we got a lot of racing to talk about, but I want to start here local. I've, I'm curious. You've had a number of different events in Talladega throughout your racing lifetime here in the state of Alabama, but has Auburn, Alabama ever popped up in your radar? Have you ever been to a football game before? What is Kyle Petty's or your family's experience with the Auburn Tigers over the years? My experience with the Auburn Tigers is stay away from Alabama during college football season. <laughs> That's a good place to start for sure. That's I've a been good... through Auburn. To be honest with you, I don't think I've ever been through Auburn. you got to change that at some point. It's, it's a lovely spot for sure. And college football, I know, obviously coincides with the end of the year for NASCAR racing and that sort of thing. But uh, we'll have to change that. All right, let's get into the book. What made you want to wait write? A minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a yeah. minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that an invite? Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all I needed. That's you, all I needed. That's on, all I needed. I'm there. I'm our there. guests to the football games, you could see the eagle flight before it gets going and that sort of thing. Absolutely. All right, man. All right. Hey, so why write the book? Why, why did you want to tell the stories in the book? You know what? I, I, I've just been around the sport people, and Dale Jr. And, and Jeff Burton and I were talking a couple weeks ago, and they said, man, you, you didn't just grow up with Richard Petty after reading the book. They said, you grew up with David Pearson and Buddy Baker and Kel Yarborough and the Allison. And I said, yeah. And, and because that, that's just that's who I grew up with, going to the racetrack. And, you know, so many times we'll be sitting around talking and I got a story about this or a story about that. And somebody will say, man, you need to write that stuff down. And I just never thought about writing it down. And then the pandemic comes along and you can't go anywhere and you can't do anything and you're trapped inside your house. And, you know, you just had so much time. And I think that's what that's what writing a book or, or doing something like this takes is just time and taking time off and. I'm married. Morgan and I are married and have three little boys now. Started a new life. I've got a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a and a month and a half. A little boy that's a month and a half old. So I think it was something to leave something for them too. So it was a little bit of of all of that. And, and Kyle, obviously, uh, with your name and, and the family that you grew up in, third-generation driver. I mean, I assume that there are a lot of things that. Even as public as Richard Petty was, as public as your family has been, that there's a lot of stories in here, uh, some behind-the-scenes stuff, if you will, that, that I think people will be really interested in. Yeah, you know, there, there really are, uh, honestly, because, um, you know, just growing up with my dad, growing up with my granddad. My granddad started with the very first NASCAR race uh, and, and drove. And, you know, it's funny, we're headed to Watkins Glen this weekend, and there's a Petty car in the race, and there has been since, uh, since the inception of the sport, and that. That's kind of it. There's so many things about when I started racing and my granddad went with me, when my dad started racing and, and some of those stories and uh, my dad showing me how to get around Daytona and, and things like that that really, you know, have, have kind of been told in, in private circles and in, in some circles, but really hadn't been out there. My Uncle Randy that was killed in Talladega, um, you know, his story a little bit and, and never really gets touched on a lot in the sport. So I, I just think there's there's things in there that are personal. Uh and there's things in there like Michael Waltrip's stinky tennis shoes that I really don't care if the world knows about or not. I just threw it out there and let them let them make of it what they want to. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So uh, it's a combination of a lot of different tales that, that weave its way through it. And, and you mentioned some serious stuff in there, some some funny stuff. What was the most enjoyable part for you 
to, to kind of recount? You know, I, I think, I, honestly, I think some of the stuff with fans, listen, fans are fantastic, man. You, you, and then it, it, just the things they say, the things they do, uh, their level of dedication to this sport is just phenomenal. Um, but I, some of those stories were fun. Uh, reliving the time with my dad going to Daytona that first time. It's been a long time since I'd really thought about crawling in that car and him giving me a ride at 193 miles an hour. Um, that, that brought back a lot of memories. So I think when when I looked at it, uh, there were there were a lot of it that was just it was fun to put down and fun to reread uh, and fun to relive. So they, it, there were some bright spots in it. Kyle, it it goes. Uh, you read the book description, everything. It says there's some juicy stories in here from some of the sports' biggest names. Can you give the folks out there a little bit of a teaser of one of those? I'm not. I'm not sure what juicy means. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's just one of those things you use to sell a book. Uh, to be honest, honestly, there's not really. You know, there's not really that much uh, of of that kind of stuff. You know, there's there's some stuff that that we did with Sterling and stuff like that that's, that's in there. But I don't look at that stuff being juicy, man. Uh, it, it's not like it's not like we're changing the world. We're just riding around in circles on a Sunday afternoon. Okay, so that that's about as juicy as it gets. Hitting a wall and going to the hospital is about as juicy as it gets. So there's some stuff in there, but you know, right off the top of my head, honestly, I can't. I, it's, every time I do an interview, somebody who's read it will bring up a story, and I'm like, man, I shouldn't have put that in there. I can't believe I put that in there, and because it's been so long, you know, since I really read it, um, that that it's been. You know, six months, seven months since I've really reread the thing. I've almost forgotten what's in it. And then, Kyle, you mentioned, you know, going around in circles there, and I know that the NASCAR is a lot more than just turning left every uh, every couple feet and, or every couple uh, miles. But I uh, wanted to get your take. You know, everybody knows Talladega, Daytona, Watkins Glen, Fontana. Everyone knows the big tracks. What has been your favorite over your racing career, smaller track that not as many people would know about that's not on the main NASCAR circuit that you enjoyed racing at? You know what? I, I, there's there's a lot. Um, North Wilkesboro. I love North Wilkesboro. You know, and, and Dale Jr. and those guys have done a lot to bring it back. They're going to start running some late model cars there. Uh, but it's just set dormant for so many years. Rockingham is a mile racetrack uh, that we used to go to. Nashville Fairgrounds. God, man, I love Nashville Fairgrounds. And I know they race in Nashville, but, but the Fairgrounds was just a great place uh, for the Cup Series to go. Um, and, and, you know, there were the, the old Richmond racetrack. I know we just raced at Richmond, but the racetrack that was there before this was, was a fun place. So I think there's, there's places like that we've run uh, that, that I ran on, my dad ran on, and, um, and that's about it. You know, the, the, the generation that races now, they never suckers. So for me, those are fun places. Listen, running BIR, running some of those places just in a auto car, uh, there's a million short tracks across the country that were a, we're a blast to run, and we're just as much fun as running Daytona or Talladega or Watkins Glen or any of those tracks. And, Kyle, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because, obviously, you, you ran in a lot of tracks that are no longer on the schedule, or at least some really historic tracks. And uh, it, it feels like NASCAR is trying a lot of different things here in the last couple of years. Do, do you remember NASCAR ever uh, going all in this much on, on trying to change up the schedule and the types of tracks that they race at? No. No, there's there's never been a time. The only time that we've ever ever seen stuff like this is when you know they built Charlotte, they built Atlanta, they built Talladega, uh, you know, build it and they will come. And that's that's when there was expansion in the sport because you had to have a facility. Uh, I think what we're seeing now is you can take like the L.A. Coliseum and like the streets of Chicago and turn it into a facility. And I, I don't think NASCAR ever looked at it that way. Uh, and I think this car, the brand new car that they're running this year. 
um, is, is, has afforded them those options. Uh, I don't think we had those options with the old car. I don't think the old car would have put on a show. I don't think the old car would have been a good race. I, I think we would have fallen flat on our face. But I think with this car and with the drivers we have, the, the stakeholders we have in the sport now, the partners, the sponsors, I, I think you look at it and you say, yeah, these, these are places we need to be. So I think NASCAR's the L.A. Coliseum, and we, we don't get close to L.A. You go to Southern California, but we didn't get close to L.A. We go to Northern California, uh, and that's it. But you looked at the, the demographics uh, at, at the, the Hispanic market, uh, at the black market in, in L.A., and you say we took our sport to them. And they came out and saw it. And they came out and enjoyed it. Uh, and that's it. If you can't come to our sport, I think NASCAR is in a place right now where we're going to go to different demographics. We're going to take our sport to different people. And we're going to show people what this sport is. And, and Kyle, you mentioned the new car. And I want to talk about that with you for, for just a moment. Because NASCAR is unique because, obviously, the whole – what you the tool of what you race in – changes every so often and there's really no other sport where they don't change the bats every so often in in baseball they don't change the football uh in in football but with this new car um what i've heard a lot of great things about it 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 seems like it races well um but but are there any things that you would like to see about it that are are better because i i know that for example uh in the past you could take the air off the the car in front of you now it's the opposite the car loses the air if it's closely following another car so is that something you like about the car you know there's there's not i I like everything about the car i I think there's there's always going to be listen nobody goes to a dealership Uh, the guy the the people listening to this radio station they don't go to the dealership and get the perfect car they get as close to perfect as they can get you know i mean they might not get the right color they might not get the right radio. They might not get the options they want. But it's close. But it's close, man. It's as close to a perfect car for them, and that's what our cars are. They're as close to, to the car we need at this point in time. I, I think there's things, as we look at it, um, so far this year, and we had this conversation this week after Richmond, that it's not short track racing has not been as good with this car. They're going to make, make adjustments, and I'm sure there will be adjustments by the time we come out next year and race to our short track package. You know, used to we used to have a speedway package only at Daytona and Talladega. That's the only place you run certain rules. I'm sure next year we're going to have rules we only run on a half-mile racetrack or a three-quarter or a mile racetrack to make the race better. So I think this is our first, first shot at it. This is our first, first look at it, our first, first really effort at, at building this car. And I think there are things, uh, but the sequential shift, man, the five-speed transmission and downshifting in the corners, even on an oval track, uh, the independent rear suspension, the rack and pinion, so many different things about this car. Uh, just basically took it from 1964 to 2022 uh, and really advanced what racing was. So I think there's so many positives that the, that the negatives are the things that we look at as being negatives. I don't really think they are. Uh, are just minor issues. We just got to work through them. And, and listen, we're, what, two-thirds of the way through the season with it, so there's no need to change it yet. Uh, you know, you, you need to let it ride for a year and see where it goes. Two-thirds of the way through the season. I want to get your take on that season. It's been a very exciting one. You had so many different race winners. You're coming down the stretch here, heading toward the NASCAR playoffs here at the end of the month. What, what has been your take on the season so far, Kyle? Crazy. Crazy. There, there is no take. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, we've had 23 races, 15 different winners, and, and I argue every week that we've had really had 16 because I think the fans have been a winner this year. Uh, we've never had a season where you've had this many winners. If we go back with 
with Earnhardt and Gordon and Jimmy and guys like that and go all the way back to my dad and Pearson, you had six or seven winners a season. I mean, these guys win seven, eight races a season. Um, and people call that good racing, and it was good racing. It was different racing also. Now we have a different kind of racing, different form. Two or three wins a year is a big year. It's going to be a big year from now on out because there's so many competitive teams. So I think this car has leveled the playing field um, because everybody had to start from ground zero. Everybody started from scratch. Um, you know, it, it's listen, you're, you're in football country. It, it would be like everybody starting every year with, with straight freshmen and just having to teach them yeah. and, and go again. And that's what it is. This is a class of freshmen. I don't care how long you've been there. It's a class freshman just learning the playbook, just learning how to do it and, and how to play the sport. And there's mistakes made by great guys. Denny Hamlin has had 31 pit road penalties this year, 31 pit road penalties, which is phenomenal. But he's just trying to figure out where he can go and how far he can stretch it. And I give him credit for that, man. I give him credit. But, but I, I think everybody's learning at the same pace. So whether you're you know, a, a 20-year veteran or whether you're a two-race veteran, you're basically starting at the same place. You're starting with a steering wheel and four tires. Kyle Petty is our guest here today on Sports Call. A book is out now, Swerve or Die, Life at My Speed in the First Family of NASCAR Racing. Just a few more with you, Kyle. You're so far kind with your time, and we certainly appreciate the visit here on the program. You mentioned a lot of the older drivers that the sport is seeing right now and a lot of guys that are still uh, at the top. What about the end, though, when a career comes to a close for a lot of these guys and reflecting on even your own career in a sport like NASCAR how do you know when it's time to walk away? We talk about football all the time, and you can clearly see the body out there on the field each and every Saturday or Sunday. But in a sport like NASCAR, how do you know when it's time to walk away? You know what? That, that, that's probably, you know, the $390 billion question, whatever the law <laughs> Um, You know, because the thing is, I don't think you do know. I think everybody stays too long. Everybody stays too long. Um, you know, my dad stayed too long. Bobby stayed too long. Um, you know, just so many people stay because they get that one extra win. Jeff Gordon, you know, he, he just struggled for a while. And then he got that one win, that one win. And that made all those years of not winning. Yeah, we're, we're looking at Kevin Harvick, who's 46, who just came off a 60-some-odd race uh, winless streak. And he's won two in a row. So it's like during that period of time, any time he could have said, you know, it's time, it's time. But he's put two more wins in the book since then. So you keep hanging on, and that's the deal. I think everybody... Everybody thinks they can be that same old good, that same old song. I'm as good once as I ever was. You know what I mean? And, and that's kind of what you keep shooting for. And one day you wake up and you realize, okay, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna attain that again. And most of the time, you're four or five years past that. I think we're we're seeing guys now in our sport, like Bobby Allison and my dad and those guys. They drove till the early 50. We're seeing guys now that are going to start retiring in their early 40s. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's uh, the guys that are coming along like Kyle Larson, like Kyle Busch, guys like that will start looking at the sport a little bit different and say, you know, I've been here already for 20-some years, and uh, it's time to move on. But I think you just, you know it. You just won't admit it. And I, I think great athletes never admit uh, to, to them. That they don't want to admit to the competition, and they're dang sure not going to admit to themselves that they've lost a quarter step or a half step. And, that's the way race car drivers are the same way. They're probably the most hard-headed group of athletes you've ever run across uh, because they feel like they can sit in that car and they can drive with, with any of them. I did it with David Pearson when he was 72 years old, and I asked him if he thought in his prime he could run with Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart and guys like that. 
he never skipped a beat. He said, it's not whether they could run with me or whether I could run with them. It's whether they could run with me. And he said, I tell you something right now, Kyle. I'm 72. He said, I could beat them for five laps anywhere they want to run. And he believed that. At 72 years old, he believed that. And that's the way drivers are. Kyle, I got to ask you about something a couple weeks ago. Uh, and you probably already know where I'm going. Um, your coworker, Dale Earnhardt Jr., his podcast, um, Mike Davis and him getting a little bit of a spat. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Mike brings you up, and Dale says, what the F does Kyle Petty got to do with this? Uh, where were you when you first heard about that, and how much fun have you guys had talking about that since? So I will say this. I, you know, they, he called me, man, and he's like, I'm – and he was like – and I'm like, we're good. We're good, man. And then it started coming up on Twitter, um, and then it went crazy. And then he called me up, and he said – Let's print a T-shirt and sell it. And I said, I'm with you, buddy. Uh, so we printed a T-shirt, and I think he sold so far. I think he sold a little over a 1,000 of them. Um, so, listen, he can use my name in vain anytime he wants to, as long as we're making cash off of it. <laughs> That's outstanding stuff. Well, like we said at the start, we're just an hour 45 drive away from Talladega, so you got to come with us to an Auburn football game, and we'll have to join you over there at the Super Speedway. How does that sound, Kyle? Anytime. It's an open invitation from my end, I can tell you that right now. We appreciate it so much. Best of luck with the success of this book, and thank you again so much for taking time to join us on the show today. Thank you for having me. And help me sell these books, man. I, I got They're in my garage. They're taking up space. i got to get rid of them. <laughs> we got you. We got you. That's Kyle Petty, Swerve or Die, Life at My Speed in the First Family of NASCAR Racing, available now wherever books are sold. This is Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM.